Blog Talk Radio. Matchmaker Podcast. I'm your host, Marla Martinson. If it's the first time you're joining me, welcome and thank you so much for pressing that play button. I am so glad you've connected. Uh, I am a matchmaker, a transformational spiritual life coach, author, intuitive reader, and energy healer. Yes, I'm a Gemini, um, the butterfly of the universe, as James von Prague calls Gemini. So I've got a lot of interests. And uh, there aren't actually enough hours in the day to do everything that I, that I want to do. And one of my favorite things to do is delving into different spiritual and esoteric uh, studies um, on healing and intuition and magic and uh, psychic abilities and all of that stuff. So today I have a really exciting guest. But first, I'm going to read a short passage from Louise Hay's Heart Thoughts, A Treasury of Inner Wisdom, as I usually do. I am on the next step to my healing. An affirmation is a beginning point. It opens the way. You are saying to your subconscious mind, I am taking responsibility. I am aware there is something I can do to change. If you continue to say the affirmation, either you will be ready to let whatever it is, go, and the affirmation will come true, or it will open a new avenue for you. You may get a brilliant brainstorm, or a friend may call you and ask, have you ever tried this? You will be led to the next step that will help you with your healing. The moment you say affirmations, you are stepping out of the victim role. You are no longer helpless. You are acknowledged acknowledging your own power. You know, it's very interesting. I I have done a lot of thought about that victim role, which I've played so uh, often in my life uh, in in romantic relationships. I have been in many emotionally and verbally abusive situations for many, many years. And uh, I kept picking and attracting the same same guy in a different pair of pants. And uh, a lot of you ladies may, um, uh, you know, can uh, relate to that and but I I didn't really take a lot of I I knew you know well I'm the one who picked him I'm the one who stayed but uh, I did stay in that victim mode and blaming them and complaining about them and sticking around and um, I really feel that uh, going forward in relationships it's so important to heal and to clear and to look at our patterns and and uh, to stay out of victim mode and take responsibility so Anyway, um, I am also excited to talk a little bit about that, too, with uh, my guest today, Dr. Susan Shumsky, as she did an amazing, um, many, many amazing books, which I have three or four of her books, but her latest is Earth Energy Meditations, Awakening Your Root Chakra, the Foundation of Well-Being, and I know, I'm sure she'll talk about how even relationships in the root chakra 
you know, relate and our safety and connection with uh, with uh, this life and the earth. She's also got an amazing book that I love, Third Eye Meditations, and she does a lot of work on the third eye, which I've been working on opening my third eye for years. So um, Dr. Susan Shumsky's dedicated her life to helping people take command of their lives in a highly effective and powerful, positive way a pioneer in the human potential field. She spent nearly 50 years teaching thousands of people meditation, prayer, affirmation, and intuition. She is the best-selling and award-winning author of many, many books. And for 22 years, her mentor was Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, who was the guru of the Beatles and Deepak Chopra. And uh, Dr. Shumsky served on Maharishi's personal staff for seven years. She's been on many, many TV shows. And she's with us today, so I am bringing her, her on. Hello, Susan. Hi, Marla. Yay, we got it. You got in today. <laughs> Absolutely. Glad to have you. You guys, last week she was supposed to be on. If you listened to last week's podcast, I went ahead and did it anyway, and, and uh, she was trying to get in, and it was knocking her out. So, so uh, divine timing, here she is. So, yeah, so... Just let's talk a little bit first about this amazing book. And I have to tell you, I do a, I do a, a magical message circle every Saturday night on Zoom, and I do um, a little teaching and energy work, and then I give me, um, intuitive messages. And I've been using some of your um, prayers and meditations uh, for my group, and they are loving it. Oh, that's so, awesome. Um, that's exciting. Thank you, Marla. Yeah. Yes, yes, it's it's they're powerful, and I by my bed. So tell us a little. Well, it's interesting. The first chapter one right there it says, "Are you an energy sponge?" So and then it goes mm-hmm. into um, you know all the self empowerment and protecting our energy and even healing astral energy. So so um, just share with us a little bit about you know this book and and um, you know and and are we energy sponges? <laughs> What, it's, there's a lot of w- weird energy to soak up lately. <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's for sure. Yeah, an energy sponge is a person who's highly sensitive, who's probably psychic. I mean, a person who really is very empathic, very sensitive, and just gets energy. Uh, they just soak up the energy around them mm-hmm. as a sponge absorbs water. And so as they go through their day, uh, whoever they meet or even online or on Zoom or whoever they're in contact with, it, they just feel like people are vampires that are draining them, that are sucking their energy dry. And then by the end of the day, all they can do is just lie on their bed and collapse. And, and in fact, they feel yeah. like their thoughts are not even their own thoughts. They're thinking somebody else's thoughts. They're having emotions that they have never really had before. And, they're just getting drained by the environmental energies and by people around them. So that's what an energy sponge is. Mm-hmm. Well, you have a beautiful, right away, you have a beautiful affirmation um, to, uh, you know, a self-empowerment one. And it goes like this. I just want to share it with people. I am in Great. control. I, yeah, I am the only authority in my life. I am divinely protected by the light of my being. I close off my aura and body of light to the lower astral levels of mind, and I open to the spiritual world. Thank you, God, and so it is. 
Oh, I just feel so great when I say that. Um, <laughs> it's so and... powerful. That's, that's my favorite go-to <laughs> affirmation. It's in almost every single one of my books, and I do have 20 books, so that's saying something. It's unreal. It's, it's the yeah. affirmation that I use daily and that I recommend everyone use daily because it will change your life, especially if you are highly sensitive. Yes, and you have so many of these in there. And then uh, after some of these, like I, I also took um, somebody through one, one of your um, visualizations. We went to the one that you go to Mount Shasta, that one. You go to Mount Shasta. Oh, and then, and then after, yeah, after you come out of it, you, you say, we always say, I am alert. I am very alert. I am awake. I am very awake. I am inwardly and outwardly balanced. I am in control. I am the only authority in my life. I am divinely protected by the light of my being. Thank you, God, and so it is. And I love that when you say I am the only authority in my life, because I was talking about victimhood, and I think it's just these are so empowering to know that we have the power and we need to be centered and grounded. And you talk about the root chakra. So um, talk a little bit about how important the root chakra is for people who don't know what the chakras are, the root chakra, what, you know, what, how important that is. Okay, well, the chakras are the chakra, the word chakra means wheel in Sanskrit. And the reason why it's called a wheel is because it has a hub, uh, a hub of energy, of life force energy. And it has spokes, which are the radiations of that life force energy from that hub. And these are hubs that are in our subtle body, in one layer of our energy field that's called the pranamaya kosha which is the life force energy body. And in that body, in that subtle body, that's where life energy flows. And the life energy is called prana in India. It's called Mm -hmm. chi in China. And it's called ki in Japan. And that life force energy is what is keeping you alive. It is said in the ancient scriptures of India that when prana is in the body, that is what is defined as life. And when prana leaves the body, that is what is defined as death. So prana is what, is, uh, what gives you motion, gives you heat. And that's why when you die, there's no motion, there's no heat. So that life force energy flowing through your subtle body, that is what gives you vibrance. It makes you charismatic. It makes people like you. It means, it means you have more influence. You're more successful. So it's a good idea to nurture the life force energy and if possible increase it flowing through your body so you asked about the root chakra so these these, there are pathways of pranic energy that are called nadi and when many of these pathways intersect to form a plexus that's what we call chakra so there are seven major chakras in your energy system, and there's seven other chakras that are equally as important. So 14 total that I discuss in my book, the big book of chakras and chakra healing, which is like an encyclopedia of the chakras, by the way. Mm-hmm. So uh, the yeah the the root chakra. Okay, so there's seven. The seven main chakras are the root, which is the base of your uh, base of your spine, uh, the tailbone area. And then there's the pelvic area, the pelvic chakra, the navel area, and then the heart area, 
and the throat area and the third eye in the middle of the head and then the crown area. So there's seven uh, main chakras that are regulating your body and that are keeping you alive, basically. So the root chakra deals with survival issues. It deals with uh, feeling grounded, feeling like you're a part of this planet, (laughs) feeling like you're in your body. Uh, It deals with uh, the organs of elimination, the intestines, and so on. So that's uh, the function of the root chakra. And when you have a healthy root chakra, you feel very safe and secure. Uh, You don't have a whole lot of issues with financial problems or, you know, feeling insecure about money and about whether you'll survive on this planet. So that's what the root chakra is about. Right. That, and it's fascinating. I think what most people don't even don't realize or, you know, haven't heard about that the chakra, the life force energy comes in through the chakras and that's what animates us, right? Is that's what beats our heart and um, all of that. Exactly. Because it's amazing to think, yeah, it's like, well, how is all this happening just on its own? You know what I mean? The heart's just beating, yeah. everything's going, and it's, 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 we're right. not plugged in, you know, but we are, we are plugged in. We just don't see it. We're plugged into that life force right. energy through the chakra system. Yeah. Amazing. Exactly. That's a beautiful way of explaining it. Yes. The reality is that uh, we are, we're like a self, self-motivating, self contained <laughs> machine that perpetually mm-hmm. runs, you know, and that's uh, that's a fascinating thing when you think about it. Yeah, I, th- I think about it a lot, and, and uh, it, because I think because people can't, it's something they can't see that they, you know, they're really going to have to put their mind to it to, okay, well, I need to balance my chakras, I need to maybe do some clearing, protecting, uh, visualizing, and, but then once you start working with it, it's really amazing. And um, also I've been working with the chakras for opening intuition, like before I do uh, intuitive readings or something. Um, what do you find with the chakras and, you know, becoming a little more psychic? Yes, I'd like to address that. But first I just want, because of what you just brought up, I wanted to mm-hmm. just give, give everyone a kind of a idea of that life force energy, really, yeah. that, that that's real, that's, that's not just a fantasy. So when a person has a near-death experience, often they will report that they are uh, up on the ceiling or somewhere outside yeah. of their body, looking down at their body, and the, maybe the physicians and orderlies, whoever, is trying to resuscitate them. And they're seeing all this activity going on. So the question is, who is seeing that? I mean, the eyes are down mm-hmm. there in the body that's <laughs> lying on the gurney. Yeah. So who, yeah. who is seeing, hearing, tasting, smelling, and feeling this experience? So it's really, uh, this is a very, uh, very visual, very visceral way for everyone to understand uh, how our senses are in our subtle body, not in our gross physical body. So your subtle body is really what's running the show because that's where mm-hmm. you can see. It's not your eyes yeah. that are seeing. So I just wanted like to say that. Like when you're dreaming, now we're, too. Yeah. 
Exactly. Like when we're dreaming, yeah. we see so vividly. I mean, we're, our eyes are closed and we see just so vividly. It's unreal. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not the so, eyes. Okay. <laughs> so, right. yeah. Um, intuition. So intuition is mainly the third eye is the area where intuition is. That's where we are seeing things that are hidden from view. Clairvoyance, clairaudience, and clairsentience is in the third eye area. So developing the third eye, um, I think the best way to develop your third eye is through beginning a dialogue with spirit, with a capital S. Mm -hmm. And how would you do that? Well, uh, I think probably a lot of people understand how to get into a meditative state by getting calm and, you know, taking some deep breaths and maybe asking to go deeper and so on, getting into a, a deep meditative state. But when you're in that deep meditative state, I think mostly people just sit there in, in quietude. But what I suggest is that once you attain that state of deep relaxation and inner peace, that you do something that people generally don't do when they're in deep meditation, and that is to ask ask a question, ask for guidance, ask for inspiration, ask for healing, ask a specific question about a problem that you're having in your life and ask for guidance on how to solve that problem. And then take another big deep breath and then just allow spirit to give you the answer. What you're doing is you're starting a dialogue with spirit that way. And that's a really fast and easy way to begin to develop your intuitive abilities is to start a dialogue with spirit and when, and then practice that practice it daily. Uh, Contrary to most people's understanding, intuition is a learnable teachable skill. It's like playing the piano or like learning a language. Mm -hmm. Anyone can do this. All they have to do is open the, open the channel to it and then practice, practice, practice. Just like playing the piano, you're not very good at it at first. People don't want to hear you play. But then with practice, you know, suddenly you're playing beautiful compositions. So similarly with intuition, you, you know, you might make mistakes. It's important to practice, practice, practice. But what's even more important is don't be afraid to make mistakes at first. Right. Right. Yeah, I love that you said that because a lot of people are under the um, – uh, assumption that well you have to be you know born with it or you know you he- see Gifted. some psychic mm-hmm. I'm third gen third generation you know psychic exactly. uh, medium and they're <laughs> like oh my gosh <laughs> and, yeah, and like then they're like well, I can get but, beans or something <laughs> yeah could it be because we do hear well people ask well yeah my mother was psychic and so am I or or some of these really gifted ones um, well do you I'll think tell it you. could be I'll tell um, you. it has nothing to do with genes I'll tell you what it has to do with uh, very simple, is that you choose yeah. the womb that you're going to go into when you incarnate. Okay. And if you're, mm. if you're intuitive, you're going to be naturally uh, drawn to the womb mm-hmm. that is uh, an intuitive person. If you were psychic in mm-hmm. your past life, you're going to want to be in a family of psychics in this life. So that's the womb you choose to go into. Everything is a choice, like you were saying. Uh, when you were reading about uh, um, uh, Louise Hay, you were reading her. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there are no victims. There are only volunteers. We are not victims. Nothing yeah. ever happens to yeah. us 
we only happen to ourselves from the moment we're born, from before birth. From before birth, we're making our choice, yeah. you know, which womb we're going to go into. There aren't any accidents. There, you know, it's, nothing is haphazard. We're making choices right. moment by moment. And those are based upon the choices we made in the previous moment. So we're on a course and we're going on that course. And it's based upon our past experiences. And then we make choices mm-hmm. that go into our next experience. So we're going into the new experience of a new birth. So we choose, oh, this is the womb where I can learn this and that. You know, whatever it is you want to learn in that particular lifetime, you'll go into that womb. And then you'll have those experiences. And so when people say, you know, they're, they're brought up in a household, maybe they were really abused as a child. So that was a choice that they made before they came in to, because they needed to, wanted to experience that or that was their soul contract or something, right? Either it was a soul contract and they wanted to experience it or uh-huh. they have the misperception that they need to be punished, Unfortunately, uh, many of our choices are yeah. based upon very strange needs. And those needs yeah. are based in ignorance. And if you have the ignorant belief that you deserve punishment, then you will be born into a punishing situation. Or you will choose a punishing situation any time in the lifetime. It isn't just necessarily when you're getting born. It can be any time when you choose punishment. Mm-hmm. And often that's due to shame and guilt from the past that we choose that. And not only past, when I say past, not only this lifetime, but also previous lifetimes. Right. And with, uh, and with uh, romantic relationships, you know, the singles are always, especially the ladies, they're looking, for, well, this is a big thing. I don't know if, you know, you're, you uh, want to talk about this or not, but I get this question a lot. Soulmate or twin flame and they want to find that twin flame, and, and it's a big, you know, important thing. And uh, what about soulmates and twin flames and people coming back together and, in lifetimes yeah. romantically? So, yeah, I'd love to talk about it. So soul, soulmates are people who we've been with many, many times and many, many lifetimes. And a twin flame is theoretically uh, someone that is like a twin of yourself. Um, and there's some idea that maybe at some time in the past you were joined together and then you got split apart. I'm not sure about that, but uh, but if you have a twin flame relationship, often it's quite tumultuous because it's like a mirror of you. And I know this mm-hmm. because I this is my own personal experience with a twin flame relationship where um, – everything that you are is kind of shown to you as a mirror and that can be uh, challenging. So often twin flame relationships are very challenging relationships and they aren't necessarily romantic. They could, it could be a mother and a daughter or it could be a a student and a teacher or, you know, it could be any kind of relationship, but it will, it will have challenges associated with it. But then also there's a fact that you, feel like you're one person you're like the same person or something there's so mm. much about mm-hmm. uh, the two of you that are alike it's like um, you could 
finish each other's sentences or something because you're so, it's like having an actual twin. You know, it's like people who are born yeah. as twins uh, are very, very uh, close to each other and they have a, a psychic connection with each other and, and, they, um, and they can feel empathetically, they can feel each other's emotions and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's it's really fascinating. Um, and going back to that, uh, the third eye opening and stuff, and and the practice. It's interesting. The more the more I, you know, give me, I've been giving thousands of of card readings and readings and kind of you know channeled stuff and working on things. And I'm getting more and more where I'll see. Yesterday it was interesting. Yesterday I was giving a reading on the phone to somebody it was i worked the psychic hotline sometimes i'm home in the evening i log on and it's fun and this woman called from florida and she's talking and i said i see i i see fake eyelashes i I could see like a face fake eyelashes and she started laughing she (laughs) says yeah i i wear fake eyelashes i wear those i'm wearing them right now you know i wear those fake eyelashes she's really into them like yeah things like that i'll (laughs) i'll just see these things and i'm and (laughs) And and I was so ex- I get so excited about that when it comes up because it's just like you said like let's say you're playing chopsticks one day and then you can play one of Beethoven's pieces you know a few years later yeah. and it's very exciting when you're when you're practicing and you're like yeah I can do this like take off those training wheels exactly like going down the path yeah and <laughs> and I also yeah. <laughs> I love your book Awaken Your Third Eye how accessing your sixth sense can help you find knowledge into illumination and intuition and there's so many things fascinating things about the pineal gland uh in there too and um i think working on that third eye will you know goes well with all of your books and all of your teachings because that's really the the i i would say like the foundation like of everything is is having that what would you say that like the third eye working on that would be really it's the foundation of everything that I'm interested in teaching because of the fact that the, right. the core of what I teach is how to listen to the still small voice within and how to develop mm-hmm. your clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient abilities and how to have direct contact and communication with spirit with a capital S. That's my number one thing that I, my passion uh, that I teach. Um, and mm-hmm. it's very interesting because you know, not that many people really want to do that. <laughs> not that mm. many people really want to yeah. ha- ha- take the responsibility that seems to be involved with developing that connection with spirit, to be able to directly communicate with spirit, uh, because people tend to want to be dependent upon someone else to do that for them. So that's right. the reason why or, they don't necessarily want to learn yeah. to do it themselves. Somebody who, like you, mm-hmm. who is a psychic, obviously you want to do that because that's, that's what you are. That's even your profession. So, yeah. I, I love it. It's so exciting to do it. And, and I'm now working on my mediumship. I'm working on getting some messages from, oh. from people's loved ones. And yeah, it's awesome. So I'm working on, on, on that. And I am getting, and I ask friends, can I practice? Do you have anybody over there on the other side I can try to connect with? And then I, I do get, I do get, cause I know you got to practice just like you said. And yeah, you, you know, do. I see James von Prague 
who's my ultimate to me, the ultimate medium I've ever, you know, James von Prague, he could just, he's, I, he knows. So it's so amazing. I'm like, Oh, if I could get to that level, but you've, I, I can't just wish it. I have to practice. So then I do get a few exactly. things. Maybe I'll get five or 10, you know, five, eight things, but then, then it kind of shuts off. So I have to, you know, practice some more. So I'm working with uh, a lot of your techniques as well. Um, what's, what are some uh, basic a couple of few things now. I know diet. Uh, I I I get. The, I've been taking the supplements. I take neem. Uh, I know there's cacao, apple cider vinegar. There's. I've been taking red pine needle needle oil. Uh, some. You know. There's activator X boron. I started taking. How? What would you say about supplements? Maybe I'm taking too many. I don't know. <laughs> I have never heard of eye. any of those supplements, Marla. I've never heard of of any of those that you mentioned. I don't know anything about that particular subject, unfortunately. Um, ah, I have okay. always been an advocate of, of food as your medicine, and I, um, I'm a vegetarian, and I eat only organic foods uh, as much okay. as possible. I mean, it's impossible to eat 100% yeah. organic foods, but, but I, right. I certainly only buy organic groceries in the grocery store, and, and uh, I do believe that food is the most important uh, component for health is to, to eat things that are live, that are alive and not things that are mm-hmm. concocted in some laboratory somewhere that they have a name that you don't even recognize on the box. Uh, that, that, that would be dangerous to put mm-hmm. those types of things into our body because the body doesn't understand things that are not natural. The body doesn't know what to do with things that are foreign and therefore it'll just create fat cells um yeah so it, yeah it's really important to eat things that are lot that are alive uh, spend your time in the grocery store in the in the section <laughs> that where the live things are uh, and don't spend much time in the middle middle aisle go to the edges of the grocery store <laughs> Where you right. Find and those su- fruits and that's right. The edges. Yeah. yeah the edge. That's right. Yeah. The, the supplements I was talking about, they're supposedly help, help uh, decalcify the pineal gland. And, and oh, I, awesome. how, what okay. do you, yeah. What, what, what do you, that and, sounds good. and I know you talk about breath, the pranayama, the breath to decalcify. I mean, do you talk about the decalcification? Do uh, what, how much of that I do, you do. Think is really an issue? I do uh-huh. talk about okay. that in, in my book. Uh, yeah. Awaken your third eye. I talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the calcification mm-hmm. of the pineal gland and decalcify. But the one important thing to remember, Marla, is that the third eye is not in your physical mm-hmm. body. It's in your subtle body. <laughs> so the, whether it's calcified oh. or not, you can okay. have a wide awake third eye just by practice, oh. practice, practice your clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient abilities. So even if that pineal gland is calcified, um, the third eye yeah. is really not affected that much. Uh, in fact, it can okay. um, it can clear some of that calcification when your third eye is uh, developed, and you practice that. You okay, yeah, and I. And I was thinking about it because I was thinking if it's really that calcified, how can we dream so vividly? Because that's where we're dreaming through mm-hmm. the third eye, so we can see. So that's, yeah, yeah, that's very interesting. One night I was mm-hmm. sleeping, I was laying on my back, and uh, all of a sudden 
I saw the, this, it was like a, a big, huge eye right in, you know, in the third eye area, in the middle of my, between my eyebrows, big, uh, opened up. And I saw it was blue. It was this big blue eye, and it looked up and to the ceiling. And, and there was this beautiful purple and different colored, like I was in India, you know, those colors in India, those beautiful purples and pinks. And it was like this round circle on the, on the ceiling that was turning and this beautiful like Indian music. And it was just like this beautiful party or something. It was, I was like, oh, my God. And in my brain, I was like, oh, my God, my third eye opened. It's blue. It's blue. I, look what I can see. This was, it was so amazing. <laughs> and, then, and then an elephant walked by me. And then it was over. It was so interesting. Oh, my God. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So that was I cool. love it. So these, yeah, these little, these little things that happen once in a while, they don't happen at all, constantly. And then it's like you're so excited mm-hmm. about it. It's like, why can't this thing happen all the time? So, um, well, uh, the main main thing that I teach is one principle, and that is ask, and it shall be given unto you. So, by Mm. asking, you will receive. So, when you're in that Mm -hmm. deep meditative state, that's the time to ask. Ask for healing. Ask for inspiration. Ask for those creative ideas. Ask for whatever it is you want to receive, and then take another big deep breath. And then just allow, allow that uh, answer to come to you, allow that lifting or whatever it is you've asked for, the healing, to, to come to you. Mm-hmm. Mm. You have to let go. All right, go. I'm going to be let doing go. that. Yeah, I'm going to do that. And then in, in your uh, book, Earth Energy Meditations, you talk about healing astral entities. Now, um, Very what are... to know I'm, about that. Yeah, what are, what are astral en- entities? Okay, so astral entities uh, are entities who live in the astral plane. And the astral plane, okay, so we have the spiritual plane, the mental plane, the astral plane, and the environmental plane. So the astral plane is a place where spirits go when they don't go into the divine light after death. So a soul, Mm -hmm. when it dies, it has a choice to go into the light or not. And there are many reasons. I, in fact, I count 15 reasons why a soul would not go into the light after death. And if you don't go into that divine light, you may get stuck or stranded in this kind of limbo, which is the astral world. And so it's, it's very important for people who are highly sensitive for psychic sponges or energy sponges to know about the astral world and to know about entities that live there and how we can heal them because they Mm -hmm. could influence you. They could oppress you. They can even possess you. And when, uh, Mm -hmm. so there's these three levels, uh, there's the influence level, there's the, the, uh, the level of uh, oppression where you're really being influenced strongly. And then there's the, possession and if you're possessed by an astral entity then you've got a major problem you probably have some kind of psychosis uh, or you're a very debilitated person so um, much of mental illness in my opinion is caused by astral possession there is um, a woman named Edith Fiore who wrote a book called The Unquiet Dead and she's a psychiatrist Mm. and her entire practice is or was, I don't know if she's even alive anymore, uh, 
healing these entities that are possessing human beings. And as a result of that, they get cured. So um, Mm -hmm. I firmly believe in astral entities, and I firmly believe that we need to learn how to heal them and send them into the light, help them to cross over and to go into the light uh, after death. And not just earthbound spirits, a spirit, earthbound spirits means a spirit who, who did not go into the light, but also mischievous entities and even malevolent entities can live in the astral world. So we need to know about those and how to heal them, how to help them to move on. And I'm thinking, uh, you know, when I see, um, I've, I've been feeding the homeless whenever I go up to Seattle to see my mom for the past decade. And there's a couple of guys who I really connect with, but they're um, labeled as schizophrenic, but they'll be talking to some, you know, having a conversation to somebody that nobody, no one we can see. And I think we generally just label it, Oh, they're just crazy. But I, I'm, I feel like, well, they're probably talking to somebody. I mean, some, but real, I mean, in the astral or a real yes. entity. Yeah, yes, I agree with um, you wholeheartedly. And the reality is that these people, uh, you'll find if you really delve into this, I think you will find that people who are mentally ill are highly sensitive, empathic people who yeah. uh, don't know how to close off their aura and therefore get oppressed or possessed um, by entities. And as a result, uh, they are labeled schizophrenic or paranoid mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, they, they're, they're labeled with some, some label. And in fact, they are having these real experiences. And it's not a fantasy. It, it's because mm-hmm. they are communicating with these entities uh, or they're being oppressed and the entity is actually mm-hmm. living in the body with them. That's what a, a mm, earthbound right. spirit could do. Yeah. Uh, let's give an example. Uh, let's say a person is, has an addiction to drugs and then they die. Yeah. Okay. So their addiction doesn't go away after death. What happens at death? Nothing mm-hmm. happens at death. You still have the same mind. You still have the senses. You still have every, all these things are still intact. The only thing you don't have is the body. So you still feel mm-hmm. addicted. Your addiction hasn't gone away. So you might look for a human being to attach yourself to so that you can continue mm-hmm. your addiction through that person. So somebody who's uh, an addict will attach themselves to a living human and that's not so great for that living human. All of a sudden they have this energy that's in their body that's, co- that's cohabiting their body along with their own soul. And this is, this is, this is not pretty. This is not a pretty situation. This is called schizophrenia. Okay. Well, and I'm thinking that when people, when you see people like especially heavy drinkers or people who are, drunk and then they get really mean they get nasty i think mm-hmm. and uh the entities could slip in through the aura that is does it the aura gets tears in it when people are drinking alcohol or allow yes. entities to come in yeah yeah because well, there's some people who are mean drunk entities and, yeah. yeah yeah right uh we're attracting through whatever addiction you have you're attracting the entity it's a vicious circle 
Mm-hmm. Um, if, a, right. if an entity attaches itself to you, if a, an addict entity attaches itself to you, you will become an addict suddenly. If you're already mm-hmm. an addict, mm-hmm. however, you could yeah. be yeah. attracting addict entities. Mm-hmm. So in both cases, it's not a pretty mm-hmm. picture. And so much of addiction is related to astral possession. So these are, this mm. is information that people really yeah. need to know and hard to disseminate this kind of information, not something that uh, in general would, uh, you know, it's not like I could go on the Today Show and tell people this because they wouldn't believe it. And mm-hmm. they would just think I was cra- insane or something, you know. <laughs> right. So. Until, and I find, and, and it was even years and years ago before I was delving so much into this stuff, it was hard for me to imagine a lot of this stuff too until I've, experienced a lot of it i've been out, out on the astral left my body i i get that that uh you feel like an engine starting you know that that uh, rumbling and then you the astral travel it's like that vibration and then and then i'm out there and i've seen my spirit guide i've seen some people out on the astral and i feel you know my spirit guides touching my hair a lot of times and here many things i've been poked i've been po- po- my toe i was just laying on the couch one day barefoot and somebody just pokes my toe and i mean it was i had to look i looked over there's supposed, nobody there <laughs> but they but you know they're yeah they're they're just because we can't see them they they're around i i feel that it's our our environment is teeming with different um energies and entities and dimensions that are opening and closing and all of that so it's Absolutely, I, it's just so Marla, fascinating. Yeah, 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 absolutely. We've we've got all these planes of existence. There's the spiritual world where the angels, archangels, divine beings, and deities live and reside, and we have this physical world that we live in, and we have the astral world where these earthbound spirits and entities live, and we have our environment around us that we, you know, that is influencing us with peer pressure and media messages and everything that that's impinging upon our energy field. So it's really important for us to, the original uh, affirmation that you taught everybody in the beginning of the show, it's essential for us to use that on a daily basis because that will protect us from all of these negative energies and entities. Mm -hmm. Yes. So everybody, earth energy meditations, third eye meditations and, um, What's the best? I've got you linked up back at the uh, Blog Talk Radio, www.drsusan.org. Is that the best place? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's my um, website. And also divinetravels.com. That's Mm D-I-V-I-N-E. Travels, T-R-A-V-E-L-S. That's plural on the travels, divinetravels.com, where you can find out about the cruise ship seminars and seminars at sea and um, and other wonderful travel opportunities that will begin again in 2022 uh, year from now. Oh, that's we'll exciting. That yeah. And what else do you yeah. do? Do you work personally one-on-one with people or do you do groups or do you do oh, anything yeah. like that? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. Okay. And um, let's see how anybody... Okay, so if you join, for example, my Facebook or uh, Twitter, uh, if you join any of that, then you'll be notified about things like that. Um, I very rarely send out emails. I mean, you can definitely join my email list, Mm -hmm. and I do recommend you do that. 
at drsusan.org. But as far as I just do so many things that it's hard. I can't send emails about every single thing. But I do send out social right. media about most things. Okay. Um, Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Most, uh, like classes right, so or workshops that I'm doing, for example. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. I'll send well, that I out on Facebook so and Twitter. Yeah, everybody go uh, connect with Dr. Susan, Susan Shumsky, S-H-U-M-S-K-Y, and um, connect with her on social media, follow her on Twitter, Facebook. And thank you so much for spending this time with us. It was absolutely fascinating and um, so glad that I found you and your books. And um, thank you again. Well, thanks for inviting me, Marla. It was a great delight to speak with you. It's so wonderful to speak with somebody who's on a similar path. It's really awesome yes. to have this experience. All right. Okay, thanks. And um, blessings, everyone, and until next time. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. If you love this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button. For more inspiration and to stay connected, Find me on Instagram at The Mystical Matchmaker or my website, MarlaMartinson.com. Much, much love and hope you have a mystical, magical day.